Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we are doing on Thursday evening here in Manila and from New York City, where it's Thursday morning, is Tim Bontemps. Hello, guys. Joining us from Dallas, Texas, where I think it's Thursday morning, is Ben McMahon. Howdy, partners. It's pretty damn early in the morning, if you ask me, but I'm here for you. I appreciate that. It's a challenge when you're as a 12-hour time difference. It is a borderline party in Manila. It's pretty much a national holiday tomorrow with the opening of the FIBA World Cup. They moved the first game of the World Cup, which is the Philippines against the Dominican Republic uh, and Carl Towns, to the largest stadium in the country, at least indoor stadium. Hey, and they're expecting Jordan to break Clarkson. all the... Give Jordan Clarkson a shout out too. If you're gonna... Come on now. Yes, I just, you know, just wanted to alert people that Carl Towns is on the Dominican Republic and expecting to get 55,000 people wow. to break the record, whatever it is. Um, I bet there'll the be, Cup. I bet there'll be a lot more people in there than that even too. That's just how many seats they've got. I mean, for people that right. don't know, the Philippines is about as basketball obsessed place as there is on the planet. So they're going to be, they're going to be all over that game. Yes. So yeah, it's going to be a, you know, there's a, a lot of people who are from what I can tell, who are just general NBA fans. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, obviously, the Lakers are the most popular team. Today is, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant Day 824. And um, Kobe is not surprisingly beloved here. Um, in the Arenada Coliseum, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, there's two arenas actually in Manila where they're holding games. The Mall of Asia Arena, um, which is uh, right next to this enormous mall, which... Um, uh, has very great stores in it, like uh, Olive Garden and Shake Shack and Chili's. Um, but uh, definitely the, not meeting Brian's five star taste. That's for sure. Um, they had a Din Tai Fung, which is what I ate for dinner last night. But uh, the Mall of Asia is an incredible mall. But when you've seen the Dubai Mall this week, it takes the oh, back seat. This year, there we uh, go. Back to back to Dubai. Get him back to Dubai. This guy. Uh, the Dubai Mall has twelve thousand. We're not in Dubai. Spaces. We're not in Dubai. Let's talk I'll, about let's talk about the Philippines. Fun fact. Anyway, so there's two arenas. One is the Mall of Asia Arena, which is where uh, the finals are going to be held and where the U.S. is going to be the whole time. The other is the Arenada Coliseum, which is famous for hosting the Thrilla in Manila uh, with George Frazier and Muhammad Ali, which I believe oh, was wow. in 1970. What? No, I didn't. I didn't know oh, that. Yes. That's all. You're educating us. Yes. Yes, so that I'm, I'm I'm getting to a point here. So the thrill in Manila was there, which I believe was in 1975. I'm not a boxing aficionado. Still, you know, basically iconic thing that Manila is known for from a sporting. But my point is, is that in that arena, Araneta Coliseum, there are two banners signifying events that took place there. One, as you may expect, and I'd like to thank a gentleman who works for a TV station here called One Sports who told me this. Uh, one is signifies the thrill in Manila. The second is when Kobe Bryant held a clinic there. Wow. That's interesting. So it, not, a, not a game, <laughs> a practice. Right. Not a game, yes. not a game, not a game. And there has been NBA uh, exhibition games held here. And, you know, I don't know. There's probably been a Pacquiao fight there. I don't know for sure, but as my guess is there has been. But anyway, that's, is it, that's they, they love Kobe here so much. Mm -hmm. um, and so the city is just um, really buzzing. There's a, a lot of um, signage all around. And so um, it's, all, it's not just here in Manila. There's also... Games being played in Okinawa and uh, Jakarta, Indonesia, where the, the first rounds will be played and everybody will come here to Manila. But we'll talk about the World Cup in just a minute. But um, that's what I just want to let you know. But uh, another thing, when I come to people and when people come up to me here in Manila, which has been happening a lot. And by the way, we have a lot of podcast listeners. And several people have said, are your two friends here from the podcast? And I said, who are they? I don't have any <laughs> friends on this podcast. Um, but you guys are, you know, you guys would be mobbed in the streets if you were here. Um, but it, everybody who's come up to me and mentioned the podcast, I appreciate it. Uh, I think Jackson told me that we do draw quite a bit of traffic from uh, from the Philippines. But um, they asked me, uh, you know, whether I'm enjoying Manila. And then they asked me whether Dame Lillard is going to get traded to the Heat. And then they asked me about what's going on with James Harden. They're very educated. Mm -hmm 
and the 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 Filipinos are very online, uh, very very on social media. They are very well aware. Uh, there's nothing I can tell them that they're not on top of and they don't know already more. So they, I think, knew about your story, Bontemps, before I knew about it, that Harden, uh, or at least the Players Association, is protesting the fine. So what uh, you wrote that news story. What can you tell us about the fine and the protest? Maybe you'll be educating me since I'm uh, 10,000 miles away or something. So this really goes back to the same investigation or the not the same the investigation the nba did into the comments aaron goodwin made the damian lord's agent in the wake of his trade request to the blazers about failing to live up to the things governing the player contract right the nba has clearly made a very concerted effort this summer to try to make sure they are not setting a precedent where a guy can say i'm not going to show up and play. They're very concerned clearly that they're going to have they're going to allow for the precedent to happen where a player is going to not show up, try to force their way out of town and then get out of town. We saw how hard a couple of years ago the league fought back in the Ben Simmons situation. There was pretty unanimous support behind the Sixers during that, you know, when the Sixers were fining Ben Simmons for staying away from the team, they were not going to just forgive the fines that he recruited for not being around. Obviously, there was some settlement later. It's never been disclosed exactly how much money Simmons got, but it wasn't, hey, we're going to give you all the money back and everything's going to be good. And I think that's really how this came down. I frankly am not sure the NBA is going to win when this goes to an arbitrator. I think they have kind of a difficult case, in my opinion, because you could say what James Harden did didn't help his situation in terms of trying to get out of town, but I don't think he's said, I'm not showing up to camp. I don't think he's said, I'm not going to play. I don't think he's, he just says he doesn't want to deal with Daryl Morey. So finding him for that, you know, maybe they'll win in the arbitration case. Maybe they won't, but I thought it was kind of an interesting move for them to do that. We'll see what happens with the arbitrator, but I think it's very clear whether they win or not. That's what their concern is, is that they do not in both the Dame situation and this one, they don't want to create an environment where it's okay for players to say, I'm not going to play, I'm not going to show up, get me out of here or else, and then have that become an, an actionable weaponized threat. Yeah. And that's what their push has been also. Yeah, they're trying to get Al Capone on tax evasion here, right? That's exactly I mean, right. And that, I really think that's all, what this is about, is suddenly Adam Silver wants to get tough. You didn't do anything. When James Harden's partying in the middle of a frigging pandemic during training camp, hanging out with a little baby in, in Atlanta and Las Vegas, uh, you know, working out with those personal trainers um, who were so entertaining. Um, you didn't do anything <laughs> when he when he blatantly quit on the nets and forced a trade then. Now you want to get tough? And he didn't. He did not technically publicly request a trade. And this is where... I I do think that that Harden's going to have a, a a case to push back uh, against the fine here. Number one, he's not being fined for saying Daryl Morey was a liar. Um, if you're going to find people for saying Daryl Morey's a liar, you're going to have to go back and retroactively find Chris Paul <laughs> for saying Daryl Morey told me he wouldn't trade me to Oklahoma City, and boy, here I am with a Thunder uniform on, you know, and and like you're going to go, you have to go back through time, and uh, there will be a lot of charitable donations made. You can't find a guy for calling somebody who lied to him a liar. The question is, I will never be a part of an organization, you know, whatever the quote was that, that Daryl Morey's with. Again, is that is that a trade request? If if I'm defending James Harden, I'm saying, hey, that's James is saying fire Daryl Morey. You're gonna find him for that? And but, but then you get into this: is it is it conduct detrimental? Like there's a lot of leeway here, but Again, I I just feel like this. Well, it's is definitely conduct detrimental. I well, but, but wait that's a minute. A wait, well, th that's well, a no, team. That's a team decision. That's not a league decision. Well, yeah, I'm not sure it. Is. I mean, I don't know if it's conduct detrimental. I mean, we broke well, the story that the if, trade discussions were off. He got asked about it, and he was mad at Daryl Morey. Now, should he, he, he? Now, hold on, hold on. He did not get asked about it. He was at a freaking Adidas promotional well, event. He was, well he was doing media my understanding was he was doing media at the end of it and he got asked a question and that was his response to the question that was what i was told i don't know if All that's right. accurate or not you, you might be right 
Uh, I, I think he was. I think he was taking questions. I don't know if they were, it was from media. I'm well, not sure that. Whatever, what, right. whatever the situation. I'm not trying to say it was a wise move, even in like we've talked about. This doesn't help him getting traded. It doesn't advance his cause. I also just look at looking at it. I, it's hard for me to. I, I think the arbitrator. If I'm the arbitrator looking at this, I think I'm siding with the PA and with James Harden because I don't. I don't really know what. To your point, even if you want to say it is conduct detrimental, which I don't think it is, certainly from a league standpoint, it would have to be from a team standpoint. And right. the That's NBA right. is not the team. I don't want to get too much into the legalese of this, the difference between the team finding him and the uh, league finding him. But I can certainly understand why the team would think it's conduct detrimental. But from the release that the NBA put out, which I think is important, the NBA, I think, from a public relations standpoint, wanted to get it qualified what James Harden was accusing Daryl Morey of lying about. And huh. that seemed to me to be the point of this press release. And if they have to quietly not take the $100,000 later, I think that's not their biggest concern, even though they're trying to set a precedent. I think their biggest concern is what they put in this press release, which I will read to you in a second. And by the way, the league said that they had interviewed James Harden to acquire this information. Uh, the league's investigation, this is from the press release, which included an interview of Harden, confirmed that these comments referenced Harden's belief that the 76ers would not accommodate his request to be traded. In other words, this had nothing to do with the contract that he was, you know, may or may not have discussed a year ago. This was not, um, you know, in reference to any sort of quid pro quo. They no. wanted it on the record. Oh, yeah. That the him being called a liar was about this. No, just and, to be totally uh, clear, when when the 76ers were blatantly tampering with PJ Tucker and Daniel House, which was possible because James Harden was taking less money, in no way, shape, or form did Daryl Morey and James Harden have any kind of understanding about a uh, a future contract. Not at all. No sir. Well, here's what. Here's what Daryl Morey would say if he was called to the witness stand, is my guess. But I am, as they say in the show Billions, I am not uncertain. <laughs> what Daryl Morey, I believe, would say is that there have been many times in his career where he has made an agreement to give a player a contract, and he's followed through on that. The most uh, uh, significant one being when Chris Paul when he came to the Rockets and he picked up his option in his contract so that he could be traded from the Clippers to the Rockets. And uh, then he became a free agent and was given a five-year max, which I believe Tillman Fertitta, who uh, bought the team in the meantime, it, it, please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, McMahon, but I think Tillman Fertitta, the owner of the Rockets, said something like, it's one of the worst contracts he'd ever seen or something like that yes is that he accurate said it's, he said it was the worst contract that he'd ever seen in business or sports okay that was that so that was, he bought he picked up the option tillman bought the team for that year the rockets had the most wins in the nba were up three two that's the hamstring away chris paul got hurt the next year things went a little bit sideways cp3 wasn't nearly as good him and Harden were button heads and after the next year, it had become the worst contract in business or sports. I understand. The point is, is that the he gave him the five year max, and mm -hmm. it was a four year deal. It was a four year deal. Okay. Um, anyway, the point I think is, is that Daryl will stand on following through with uh, promises he's say, made on contracts. Sir, you followed through on your promise after you guys had the most wins in the NBA, and Chris Paul was an All NBA player. Like, like I. Reasonable. I, this this is this is going down a side road. I this also goes back to where Damian the Damian Lowe situation too. And if you remember, we had a story a few weeks ago about the um the investigation the league did into the Aaron Goodwin comments after the trade quest. And that investigation was this it was sort of along the same lines where I obviously it's a little different track because this is about trying to set make sure there's not agreements ahead of time. That was about trying to make sure that Damian Lillard was not actively telling teams mm -hmm. or his agent was not actively telling teams, don't trade me here. Now, on that one, the league 
pretty much said Aaron Goodwin was telling half-truths to the league in their investigation that he was doing that, which he was basically saying that on the record. So, yeah, I would say he was doing that. But He didn't say it on the record, though. But Well, he, he practically did. I mean, anyway. The point yes. is, <laughs> you're right. I mean, the, I'm, not, I'm not arguing that with you. The point is, yeah, the point is this, this is what this whole summer has been about in both of these situations. Two guys that in Dame's team, in Dame's in, in situations we talked about last week, there's only one team really actively interested. James Harden's situation, really nobody is actively interested on the one side. And on the other side, the league being very panicky about setting precedents with star players being able to push their way around now having precedents they're trying to they're trying to reverse precedents i mean let, come well, on well yeah i mean now listen i agree with that i'm not i i mean the, the funny thing about this is that this is happening now to me like this has been going on for years and they've decided this summer to do it oh but that's been take, the theme. we're taking a stand but you that's been the way out of houston you can force way out of Brooklyn, but when you do it to the 76ers we're taking a stand well, and that's been the funny thing about it is they've done it in these two situations where there isn't a lot of, you know, a lot of widespread interest in either guy. That's that's where, like, you know, I don't know, for whatever reason, they decide to do it now. That's why this that's why well, this it's a new CBA. I guess week. they could I I guess they could be like, well, in this new CBA, we're going to enforce it. They could Listen, they could be I, taking that stance. I guess Adam Silver's trying to steal Walker Kessler's nickname. He's a sheriff, baby. <laughs> He is this. Um, we got to. We got to get. We got to get our guy Wob with the with the sheriff's hat. Yeah, get the man uh, a hat, today. badge, and a little six shooter. Adam Silver. He ain't playing. He came. Hey, he got tough with John Moran. Now he's going to clean up all these traders. Well, I, I will say this: the union put out a statement when Jaw was suspended, um, indicating that they were going. They were considering potentially taking that to arbitration. To my knowledge, I don't think they announced that they have. Well, and then Zach this one, was like, that's a, it's appropriate. Like, sheesh. <laughs> Grizzlies thought it was A-OK. Yeah. I mean, it seemed yeah. like the union's biggest issue there was the the ambiguity about how many games it would be. And I, it, my guess is it's been relayed. That, and that, does it, to be clear, this is just a guess. I think it's been relayed to them that unless something goes especially haywire, this, this will be a 25-game Well, there was like uh, a suspension. vague a vague reference to a process that he may have to do yes. to get back and yes. it was undefined. And so I think that's what uh, the union was. I also believe, do. I also believe their 26th game of the season is a nationally televised game against his high school buddy, Zion Williamson and the Pelicans, I believe. So it's interesting what, that you bring that up because I was talking to Tyrese Halliburton today and I'm not saying that Tyrese has this right, but Tyrese is basically been on national TV like two or three times in his career. Probably once a he, season. Yeah. And he has never been on TNT. Wow. Um, uh, he does have a TNT game, which um, I'm stealing from myself because I was going to write about this later, but it literally had this conversation with him today. And uh, I go, what, what day is it? And uh, he was like, January 30th. He like, he like knew instantaneously. Uh, uh, January 30th. Yes, They're one national TV game. It's not hard to find. And then I go, oh my gosh. And he's like, oh no, the only reason I know is because it's my girlfriend's birthday. And, you know, I just. Sure, sure, she, buddy. You know how I know? <laughs> I just scrolled through the Pacers schedule. There's one game with the national TV, the three <laughs> letters on it TNT. Pacers at Celtics, Tuesday, J January 30th. I'll probably be at the he game. He knew it. He knew it immediately. Um, but he was like, well, maybe, you know, he says, I think we're playing Ja in his return game. So maybe that'll get picked up on TV. So maybe, so I don't know. He, he said that. Maybe, maybe no, that's wrong. The, there is another potential return game for Ja. Um, it would be in Oklahoma City the night before that TNT game against Zion. And the only way that would happen is if the Grizzlies go to the finals of the in-season tournament, which is also known as the night after our live show in Las Vegas. Um, I don't know about that. I have not committed to anything like that. There's different Stop. investigations going on on that as well. You're, you're, you're interrupting my flow and also putting that would, that would at, be, at risk of a $100,000 fine. That but, would be an interesting <laughs> question of whether that no, game actually I, counts, though. Did you ask? I did. I checked with the league. I did. because um, Also, thanks for watching NBA Today last week. I said this on NBA Today. No, I did check with the league. Although that game is not – a regular season game. It's the one part of the end season tournament that does not count on the regular season record. I did Counts check for that stuff. 
Yeah, I did check with the league. I mean, obviously, it's, it's a slim chance that the Grizzlies get to the finals of that. But if they do, that would count toward the 25 on the suspension. Is there any circumstance in which they could play the Pacers? Because Tyrese is under the impression no. that the, he's... No, he had it, but he, he was off by a game. So it's they play but, the Thunder, uh, and then they play the Grizzlies on... Or the Pelicans on national TV, and then they play the Pacers on Thursday. Okay, oh, so... I'm going to have to... He'll be playing, he'll be playing deliver a, the news. He'll be playing against Ja. Yeah, probably. Ty, Ty, Tyrese is like, well, you know, they said there were some conditions. J- Ja's... <laughs> History on conditions ain't so great, so it might be delayed again. <laughs> oh, man. You know, one of the things that's been terrific on this trip is to get to know some of the families. And um, Tyrese's dad, um, who was a wonderful man, has made the point that maybe we should squeeze a little bit more Tyrese Halliburton coverage into uh, the Hoop Collective. <laughs> Listen, <I don't... laughs> hold on. Hey, sir. This is the wrong, it's the wrong place. You should not listen to the podcast if you're saying that. No, how many times well, have Bon Timps and I absolutely crushed the Kings for that trade? And then that's what I'm behold, saying. Damn three season Western Conference. We've had that's to a- we've had to eat crow because we were so high on Tyrese Halbert. Not that we were wrong about him, just the trade from the Kings. Yes. Perspective. This is listen, this has Tyrese, been a, this has been the biggest Tyrese Halbert in place on the internet, just about. Tyrese, as I said to Tyrese today, as we were good-naturedly talking about his lack of national television, just to be clear. I do believe he just signed a contract of over $200 million. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so it all worked out. It all hey, worked out in the hey, end. If he's nice enough to the media, it could be the full 260. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah, he is, his niceness he is, to the media ain't the issue, trust me. By the way, guys, one of the most – this team is so accommodating. I am having an absolute blast covering this team what a great group of guys and granted they haven't lost it's all been you know charm city going on here what uh and this team we'll talk about it in a minute when we get done with harden but anyway um have you gotten any have you gotten any Jalen brunson is a very nice dude have you gotten any good quotes yeah. no because he is the most they, essentially boring his dad sat when i sat down with his dad during the playoffs when he was lighting the jazz on fire and his dad gave me all the great stuff about ain't no discount, you know, basically setting up like, hey, unless the Mavericks throw a huge bag, he's gone. The first thing his dad said was, Jalen's born is beep. He's like, he didn't get that from me. That's all Jay Wright. But but yeah, Brunson <laughs> is intentionally, you know, he'll he's accommodating, but he's as boring as could be. Well, you know, the USA basketball is a well-run organization. They know what they're doing. And today was the press conference, the the pre-tournament uh, press conference, and every player brought their head coach and brought uh, uh, one of their players. And uh, Team USA brought Jalen Brunson to just make sure that there would be nothing controversial. <laughs> yeah, Brunson say. on the podium. Uh, and, he's, and, he's also, and, and he's also the undisputed leader of the squad. I don't know. He was undisputably waving a towel at the, when, it, when it was crunch time against Germany. No, he, he's not going to yeah. have a problem if he's not playing sometimes. No, I know, but that's part of why I think he's the undisputed leader of the squad. If they go with Tyrese down the stretch of a game, you, I mean, you've known him for a long oh, yeah. time, man. It's not like he's going to sit there and complain. He'll be just as uh, happy Jay, if they win. Jalen Brunson, and honestly, as much as the Mavs missed his ability to 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 create and all those other kind of things, Jalen Brunson is one of the best culture guys, one of the best locker room guys in the league. And it's no question, he no said, coincidence will happen with the Knicks at the same time. By the way, he said as much today. He said that when you're on a team like this, sometimes you're going to, be waving the towel and sometimes you're going to be leading the charge you know he he acknowledges that but you're right uh, Tyrese Halliburton did finish the game against Germany which was a terrific game that was played uh Sunday night in Abu Dhabi hey Tyrese but, um, twice as big as Jaden Brunson's remember when everybody thought Brunson was overpaid <sighs> maybe even more than twice as big um <laughs> depending on if he hits the incentives um but anyway just to to put a bow on this Harden thing the way this is now Harden could have made this, he could have raised here. Mm-hmm. And who knows what discussion was made in his camp about doing it. He could have raised by not just saying that, that the, the quote unquote liar thing was about trading him. Mm-hmm. Um, he elected not to do that. So I don't want to say he folded, but the temperature was turned down 
on yes. this. And so I don't want to make an assumption, but Bontemps, you have, and I've agreed with you, but you've said that, you know, you, the best place for Harden is at this point is back in Philly. And while I'm sure the hard feelings are still there, Harden taking this stance with the league, I think was a move towards calming it down a little bit. But I guess it's only as calm as till his next public statements. But it, the way this was played out and whether it was a nice, tidy little release done, it makes me think that there may be some movement back toward the middle ground. Um, look, because I, end, I think that's where we're going to be at the end of this. Look, as we talked about the other day, he can't get more years. He can't get more dollars and no one wants to trade for him. So this is well, they this want to is, trade for him. They just don't want to pay. They don't. Premium. We're not yeah, going to go through this. Nobody again. wants to give up value for him. Nobody's trying to trade for him. They'll take him for nothing, but that's not, that's not wanting him. Right. Well, I just don't want to so make he, it sound like nobody wants to trade for him. Three teams, nobody, I think, talked to well, Again, they, they had a discussion with him and said, hey, we'll take him for free. We'll take it for expiring contracts or something like that. There was no, we're going to give you real value in a trade. Not like okay. when he got traded just, from Brooklyn. I'm just trying not to protect like got, on aggregation. That's it's, all. Well, it's not, we're not worried about aggregation. At the end whoa, of the day, whoa, whoa, the situation, whoa. the situation is very simple. I'm always worried about it for the record. Well, you can aggregate that. James Harden has one path to getting paid next summer, in my opinion, which is to show up with the Sixers and play well for a team that if he shows up and plays well, has a chance to potentially win the East. That, as you've talked about before, this team was not far away last year, and they could be really good. Top of the East has had some defections and some moving around of parts, and we'll see what happens with Miami. Like they, they, they could be right there if he decides to show up and just play for the year and see where things go. And as we all know, and as we've talked about ad nauseum, very unclear if that's going to happen. Very possibly could be a complete zoo when training camp starts. And huh. this thing could go sideways. But that, to me, there's no other real option here. It's not like, oh, hey, maybe he could get traded to X, Y, or Z. That It's just, I don't see any of that happening. What does he want to do? And the problem, one of many problems from James Harden's perspective is, you know, clearly the 76ers have not shown a willingness to give him the kind of contract that he wants, right? And so is that going to change if he plays well this year? And he's a year older, and I don't know. I, I obviously they doubt it, um, and so you know. I think if you're in James Harden's camp, you can make the argument of no. His chance to get paid is to get traded to a team that is interested in having his bird rights. So you know that's where you get back to the whole thing. But hey, the reality but if he shows up, but if he shows up and plays and plays well for the next few months, maybe something changes. Maybe well, there's a trade in January that's not available today. The point is there's nothing available today. Maybe. And then and the other thing is, you know, maybe there's a situation where the Sixers are using his bird rights in the signing trade. Who knows? But I, I do agree with you that if James pulls a season-long, uh, you know, uh, what do the young bucks call it, quiet quit, then it's going to be really <laughs> hard for him to get paid, really hard for him to get a, a – the, you know, the kind of contract that he's looking for in his mid thirties, having quit on three teams. Right. Uh, okay. To be continued before we switch over and take a look at the world cup, Mr. Bontemps, I think Ooh. you might have trivia. More hoop collective podcast after this. And now to present today's trivia question, the whiz of the quiz Tim Bontemps. I do have trivia. I have some World Cup trivia. It's a good, oh. it's a good, oh. uh, it's a good crossover to our World Cup conversation. In this year's World Cup, there is one player playing who has a chance to become the first player in the history of the World Cup to win three gold medals in the competition. Okay, who is it? Is it an NBA player? Somebody who has played in the NBA. It's not somebody you've never heard. I, of. I, Rudy Fernandez, Spain. Rudy, Rudy Fernandez is the answer. Rudy Fernandez, who once quiet quit on now, that. Now, there's, there's, there's two other parts of this also that are related. So Rudy Fernandez, when he plays in this World Cup, is going to become one of a dozen players to have played in five World Cups. I'm not going to ask you to name the dozen because we also haven't played in the NBA. Three of them have played in the NBA. 
All you know, all in the all in this era that we've covered. Luis Luis Scola. That's one of them. Uh, Oscar Schmidt didn't play in the NBA, but I guarantee he's on that list. Yeah, that he I don't think he he did not play in five World Cups. Damn it. I was trying to show off my worldliness. As I said, they're they're the other two guys. It's all in the era we have covered the league. They're not this isn't somebody from 30 years ago. Is is Luis Scola the lone Argentinian on that list? Yes. Okay. World Cup. Dirk's not one of them, is he? Nope. I don't think so. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. Definitely not an American, correct? Definitely or... not an American. Definitely not an American. No. Okay. Prominent NBA players. These other two. Barely. Hmm. Not Pow. Is it not Pow? Not Pow. They both won NBA titles. Spaniard or no? Nope. Okay. European. Nope. Not a European. Hmm. Okay. Leandro Barbosa. That's one of them. Ooh. Good one. Good one. I'm going to retire that I got two of yeah. these. Uh, I'm going to retire. Well, you, right, should so get we, the, you should get the other one now. Brazilian. Uh, yes, Verjo. Verjo didn't win a title. He didn't win a title, I don't think. Barbosa did. Oh, that, no. I was right. I, they both played in the finals. Verjo didn't win a title, but Verjo was the other one. All right. All right. Hey, that was pretty quick. That Brazil pretty also, this is the other one I was going to ask. Uh, so, because this surprised me when I was looking at it. So, the U.S. has won 12. Medals in this tournament. Yugoslavia, the former Yugoslavia won 10, not surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, probably have 12 or 13 if they'd or more if they just oh. stayed together if they'd stay together. As they've had Oof. well, other right, other Serbia. Luka Dodic coming won. off of screen and rolls from Jokic. Equally Jokic. Pretty good. So yeah. anyway, they won 10. The former Soviet Union's won eight. And then Brazil has the most medals after that with six, which I would have never guessed. Well, Oscar Schmidt. Brazil is a sneaky a contender. Time. I mean, Oscar, obviously Oscar Schmidt. I just wouldn't have thought of it without looking at it. No other countries won more, including Spain, has won more than two medals in the whole tournament, other than those four. And Oscar Brazil Schmidt, is obviously, a, is the all-time leading scorer in the tournament. Brazil is a sneaky contender if uh, Canada or the U.S. stubs their toe uh, to get an Olympic bid out of this. Brazil looked good in the uh, pre-tournament qualifier, including beating Australia. Um and the pre-tournament qualifiers. Um, been a lot of been a lot of strange results in the uh, the run up to this tournament. A lot of interesting upset games. It's gonna. I think it could be a pretty interesting tournament from that standpoint. I'll give you a, a trivia question that caught me by surprise today. Rondé Hollis Jefferson is playing in this event. Who is he playing for? Remember the former, yeah, uh, Brooklyn Nets number one draft pick. I know the answer, so I will not say. We'll let McMahon guess. McMahon, I'll go ahead and. Uh, Pull up the number of T. I'll give you unlimited guesses. You may, it might take you 12. <laughs> okay. I listen. I don't know that many. I don't know 12 countries. So he's playing for, he's playing, he's playing for the country of Jordan. Huh? <laughs> Just an actual citizen, or is there like, I don't know. I think it was announced last week. It caught me by surprise. Uh, That's interesting. Well, I certainly would not have guessed that one. That they will be playing the uh, Americans. Uh, it's the Americans' third game in uh, their pool is against Jordan. The, the coach uh, was up there today, and uh, very sad to report that Jordan is not sponsored by Jordan. Yeah, that doesn't seem, seem like, like a, a, a no-brainer. Uh, yeah, no-brainer. But uh, oh well, they still says Jordan on their shirts. I wish I could remember the guy's name. I'm embarrassing myself now, but the guy that they had, the player that they had up there, is. Is uh 39 years old playing his last World Cup. He's played in this. He's coming a list of NBA players here. I'm surprised Brazil's only got one. Raul Neto. Yes. Uh, has Raul Neto signed with anybody? Is he? They list him on, on, on the NBA site. List him on the Cavaliers. I'm not. That's where he was no, last he's year. Not a I don't think anymore. He, I don't think he yeah. resigned anywhere. Yeah. They're they're counting him. Uh, yeah. There's uh there's some. Apparently, some of the former NBAers who were on there, uh, Bruno Caboclo, Caboclo, is that pronounced? Caboclo. Two years away from being. No, it's four years away from being being four years away, away, and it's been about four years from four years. So he's he's hooping. And uh, Cristiano Felicio, uh, former Bulls great. Anyway, so the the Americans are getting along tremendously. the coaching staff is overjoyed with the preparation and the way the team is getting along. They've started the same uh, lineup in all five exhibition games. I don't think maybe this is, <laughs> I don't think that happened with the 92 team. No. Um, they had very good tests that they passed. Knock on wood, nobody's hurt. They are 
in just a terrific headspace. Steve Curry's having the time of his life. It's it's been terrific. Uh, so they open the World Cup on Saturday. It's at eight forty in the morning Eastern time on ESPN two. They play uh, New Zealand in the first game. New Zealand has no NBA players, nor any players I think that have been in the NBA, unless there's a guy on here that um, like had a two way that I didn't yeah. know about there i don't an NBA think there's been new zealand but uh steve adams is not yeah. covering from his yeah. knee. he doesn't yeah he hasn't played for them in years uh, i don't know if he's even played with them since he's been in the nba um uh, so today at the press conference steve kerr got asked about uh new zealand and <laughs> he gave he gave an answer like a kid who was supposed to do a book report he hadn't done the reading I, i'm just go. i mean i'm not saying he didn't i mean he was just like well you know, Mark Few is uh Mark Few coach from Gonzaga is one of the assistants. Uh Mark Few is uh, you know, he's got the scout for that. He's giving us really good intel on them. And uh um, I'm gonna spend the next couple of days uh zeroing more in on them. And well, but, uh, you know, he, they he should have at least said, you know, but one thing I know, well coached, play hard, disciplined. <laughs> like you gotta at least throw out like the, you know, the the generic. Okay, I'm gonna read. <laughs> I'm going to read the exact quotes from Steve Kerr, who obviously is a Hall of Fame coach. I'm, we have great respect for them. They're very well coached. They play really hard. Uh, they make you guard difficult actions, and they uh, have hard uh, cuts for quick shots. You have to be really well prepared. And so that's that's the plan, and I'm going to spend the next couple of days zeroing in on them. <laughs> okay, good. He didn't hit all the boilerplate, you know. Yeah. Things. <laughs> I wish they would have followed no up and said, what they have, you name- but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that they play hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as is probably appropriate, uh, the USA has been concentrating on themselves. And they, they, when he did this interview, they had two more practices and a shoot around between mm-hmm. now and the game. So I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not, they probably hadn't really started putting it in yet. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's the situation. And as soon as uh, Giannis, the, the tough, quote unquote, tough game. And, you know, you never take anything for granted in FIBA play. I can remember the last time that the World Cup happened, which was in China in 2019, they played Turkey in the uh, in the pool play. And um, Ersan Ilyasova, who was in his last uh, vestiges of his NBA career, was killing the Americans on the inside as like a post-up player, which he was a stretch four yeah. in his NBA career. And he was posting up and killing the U S interior. So, uh, you never want to make an assumption. Um, but as soon as Giannis, um, I mean, I think the only NBA player that they're going to encounter in this first round, uh, well, like Rondé Hollis Jefferson is a former NBA player, but I think the only NBA player is one in their group. And it's in the I think it's, I think it's, uh, Thanasis, the Tenacumpo is, and there's right. There's obviously, um, you know, in the opening game on Friday, France plays uh, Canada, and and that's each team. The Canadians have nine NBA players, and the French have like five. Four. Yeah, four. They've, got, they've got four now. Uh, they've got uh, Gobert, Fournier, Batum, and Neely Akina. But then, like Nando Dicolo is an NBA caliber player. Obviously, he played in the league, and he's I think still- Neely Akina is injured. So I'm oh, not sure okay. he's going to play. So they've got um, – I forgot about that. No, I think yeah, he's, he's right. not. He, he's not playing. Okay. So anyway, the, the U.S. has a very uh, manageable group. The hardest team on their sort of side of the bracket for the first two rounds is um, Italy, who does not have Paolo Bancaro. Um, mm-hmm. And the – The fight – The fight they, of they, Fontecchio is on the roster. I did I I'm not sure I I I'm not sure if uh, let's check. Are we sure the Dominican Republic is not the toughest team on their side of the bracket? Well, that is that is true. I mean, the Dominican is a team. So basically, here's the thing: the Philippines is dreaming of advancing out of pool play, and um, the to do it, they're going to have to beat the Dominican Republic. Because the other team in that group is Italy, and Italy, I would think, has a. Um, I don't know. I could see know, a world uh, where they beat this Italian team. Okay, I mean, I don't know. Carl Towns could do anything. I'm sorry. You, you mean the Philippines? 
Yeah, I, I mean the Italian. This Italian team is not an overwhelming team. At this hey, point, Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson can score like forty in any game for the Philippines. Yeah, I mean he's he's better than any player on the Italian team. He's definitely well, the best, one he's of the best player in that uh, that pool. One of the most important games in the first round is the Philippines against the Dominican Republic because for the Philippines to have any chance to advance, they have to win that game, and it is not an accident that that was the game that was selected. Yeah. Um, to be played in front of 55,000 uh, crazy Filipinos. By the way... Um, Are you going to that game? Uh, no. <laughs> it is a really hard place to get to from where I'm at. And the traffic... And I don't want... I'm not going to be one of these guys who complains about their situation. The traffic in Manila is... I mean, I'm just looking at it smiling from the backseat. It's just... I don't even know what to make of it. Um, it's I believe you're not going absolutely... Right. It's going to be Wild. such an awesome atmosphere. I know, but it's literally like, could be like three hours to get there and back. Okay, but 55,000 um, people, you could like set up shop, be a man of the people. I know. Honestly, I'm going to stay home and I'm going to watch the Canada-France uh, game online. That's <laughs> what I'm going to do. You know, to, to, to put it in perspective, they were thinking of having the championship game at this uh, stadium, which is way up north uh, outside the city of Manila. And it was scheduled that way. And they just came to their senses and canceled it a few months ago. We're like, yeah, we, we just can't do it. It'll, it'll, it'll take people three days. To so the other, the other arena is like a little, just like a walk through the mall for you. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, man, it, yeah. the, the, getting around the city is, uh, it, there's, a, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. Um, By the way, just, but, uh, just, just as a, just to circle back, this Italian team has three players on it who played in the NBA. And one of them is Nicola Melli, who was a stretch four who had a cup of coffee. One's Luigi Dottome, who was a stretch four who had a cup of coffee. And the other one is Simone Fontecchio, who is currently playing for the Jazz and is like their 12th guy. So did Nico Mannion play in the NBA? The guy from Arizona? He also had, a, he had, he had a cup of coffee with uh, yeah. the Warriors too. Well, but I was going to say that uh, Danilo Gallinari, he's coming back from the ACL. Yeah. Um, so he's not playing. Yeah, so I I think the Philippines and the Dominican could both finish ahead of them potentially. But I so I I mean obviously that's a, that's a huge game on a lot of fronts. But I I think the Philippines is a live team to get out of that group. Like Tim said, Jordan well, Clarkson could score so forty they. in every game. Yes, and you know um, seriously, uh, Jordan Clarkson is is already very popular here. By the way, I went to the NBA store in that Mall of Asia. They have an NBA store, and they've had it didn't just get here. It's been here yeah. for a while. They have some absolutely awesome stuff in there. <laughs> they've got Jerry West Laker yeah. jerseys. I mean, they've got some, I, I mean, wow, they've got some great stuff in there. But anyway, they have a Jordan Clarkson jerseys for sale in there. Oh, yeah. And if Jordan Clarkson leads the Filipinos out of pool play, or even if he just leads them to a win in front of 55,000 people, I mean, he's already a hero here. He will, he could run for office in this country. Oh, yeah. So, uh, it's just out of curiosity. And Jalen Green is on the was Team USA Select, so he won't ever be with the Philippines. But do they have Jalen Green stuff there? I have not seen anything. Um, oh, by the way, just Team USA Select doesn't mean you, I think you can still play. Oh, you definitely can. can. He's not that, that's not yeah. adding actual okay, thing, it right, just means you're just means the practice. Well, thing. I'm sure he has been. I'm sure he's been in the USA program at the at the younger levels, though. Yeah, but it, until you play for the senior team, it doesn't matter. Sure. Also, FIBA is willing to look the yeah. other way and let people in for places. Jalen Green, if Jalen Green wants to play for the Philippines, he'll be able to play for the Philippines. Okay, well, um, I'm, it's interesting they don't have Jalen Green stuff, or maybe they do. You just didn't see it because those are I, the, I, maybe there was, but I I didn't see it. But but I didn't look at every guys in the NBA that are of. Uh, Filipino descent. What is what is um, what is certainly true about this first game is that the Philippines beats the Dominican, and they then beat Angola as they should. They will definitely be in the knockout round, which would obviously be a pretty massive thing. So not the knockout round; they would be in the second round. In the the second round, right? Advancing out of advancing out of group play. Angola. What do you what do you think of when you think of Angola? Uh, From what I am told, their team is down. From where it has been in years past. Well, I think and, of Charles uh, Barkley putting his elbow in some poor guy's sternum during 
92 Olympics. That is right. It was a favorite. Didn't they like have kind of a game that they didn't play that great? And they were like, uh, who we played next? Uh, Angola. And they say, wherever it is, they're in trouble or whatever it was. I don't remember exactly. The, uh, oh, Bruno Fernando is on Angola. Oh, okay. At least according to the FIBA website. That's interesting. Hawk Center. Yeah, there's always, there's just, you know, there's, when you look at these teams, there's always surprises. Um, he did not like, make oh my me. gosh, how was that guy play for? play for that team but um yeah so so that'll be a huge deal in this first round uh also um the australians uh are playing um the japanese in japan rui hachimura uh elected not to play for mm. uh japan um and actually yuto wananabe who is playing for japan um turned his ankle about 10 days ago or so and he's going to play, but he's not 100%, which is a setback for Japan. And um, I think, you know, Watanabe gave an interview and it was translated. So I don't 100% know if it's exactly correct, but I think he indicated if the Japanese don't qualify for the Paris Olympics that he may retire. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. So there's some interesting, some interesting uh, first round games, but you know the, the Australians are playing the Japanese in Japan. Like I mentioned, it's in Okinawa, uh, so home field advantage for the Japanese there. Uh, so it's a, um, you know, there's, there, we should have some interesting stuff. I think, you know, it's it's kind of going to be hard to see any drama from Team USA um, for the first ten days if there is drama then that'll really be a story. Um, one of the things that I can tell you that has happened with this team, when the team started, the coaching staff thought that Anthony Edwards would be like a super sub, would be like um, Dwayne Wade uh, was in 2008, who very famously led the team in scoring. Um, because Kobe was on the team, he came off the bench, led the team in scoring. And in the first scrimmage, which you saw some of and wrote about Bon Temps, Anthony Edwards is on the second team. And famously, the second team, uh, Jimmy Butler, the first team, uh, beat them. And in the second scrimmage, Anthony Edwards was on the first team and never looked back. Well, he was talking today about how Steve Kerr came to him before the tournament start, before training camp started and, and broached this idea of being a sixth man. I mean, what do you think about that? And uh, he said, you know, that's what Dwayne Wade did back in 2008, you know, when Kobe was on the team and Ant, in total Ant fashion said, I was like, okay, that's, that's cool. I don't see Kobe. I don't think we got a Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point. <laughs> Which Ant has praised his team upside. He was not taking a shot at anybody. I just think it's a statement of fact. I don't um, see a, I don't see a perennial all NBA uh, I, yeah, I you know, I thought champion on this roster. Yeah, I mean, I I think that was a strange thing to even broach from the beginning. To be candid, I mean, I, I wrote about it going into camp. That they, they needed Anthony Edwards to become the guy in this team to win the gold medal. In my opinion, maybe it would have broke differently with the way everybody's bailed. We've had a lot of guys bail on this tournament over the past month, so the field's not as strong as it potentially could have been. But you know, I think. We've seen over the last month, Anthony Edwards has begun an ascent. And certainly when you look at this team, he gives them an, a dimension and an element that they just don't have otherwise. You know, maybe maybe there is some strategy here from Steve Kerr. Perhaps he's just practicing trying to talk a guy with a massive <laughs> into a bench roll. So, I'm, if you know you, what? I, I'm pretty sure Anthony Edwards would start for the Warriors too. I think they fit him into the starting five. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying that's the only that that would make sense. Might be uh plays a long game possible. a little bit. Kind of yeah. <laughs> um, I would say that um uh, so Austin Reeves and Tyrese Halliburton have looked absolutely terrific coming off the bench. And one of the reasons that's the case is because they defend, number one, and number two. They move the ball, yeah. And um, you know, Anthony They're Edwards Steve, pretty much. Those guys are Steve Kerr players, right? You know, Jalen Brunson sometimes stops it, although he wants to play. You know, the other player that I think has been that I thought was going to be excellent and still might be 
but has just been okay so far has been Brandon Ingram, mm -hmm. uh, who has been starting at four. And I have a huge high. I'm a big believer in Brandon Ingram. He really super impressed me in the playoff series, uh, Pelicans, Suns, a couple of years ago. I've talked about this before. He is not, he shot the ball okay, but he's not made an impact. Um, he did have a bad game against Germany. I think he was one of six in that game, but his overall numbers are okay. But he just, he, I think he's only averaging six or seven points. Well, he's not, um, a, he's not a catch and shoot kind of guy. You know, he is a guy who's used to having the ball in his hand. So I'm, I'm sure there's a pretty significant kind of adjustment for him. He's also you not going to be their guy that? down the Brandon Ingram. Cause that's what I asked him. And he goes, well, you know, I'm used to having the ball in my hand. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's exactly I, mean, I watch basketball. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, well and he's and you go down the list of guys on this team there's several guys that are gonna have the ball ahead of him it's just he's just not as good as several of the guys on this team led by anthony edwards you go through the last few minutes of the game anthony edwards is gonna have the ball yeah you know, in that starting or jalen brunson or tyrese Halliburton, right. or whoever well just in the starting lineup like ingram's the clear-cut third option right it's it's ant brunson ingram mm -hmm. and then we honestly can i'm not gonna argue ingram or bridges over ingram but you know and Brunson is certainly not a selfish player. I mean, he's the, he's the opposite of that, but he is a dribbler. You know, he's sort a, of a Chris Paul, Chris Paul mold of a point guard. Not really, because he's more of a scorer. He's more of a scorer. No, but I, but I mean, but I mean, like to your point, like orchestra, like orchestrating the offense with the ball, not yeah, like he, he's not a, getting he's off. player now, and he's more than capable of playing off the ball as well. Uh, obviously, the guy played with Luka Doncic and. You know, yeah. when he had the ball in his hands then, it was usually last five seconds of the shot clock. Luca wasn't able to create something. But when he's when he's running the point and it's it's his show to run, you know, he he does tend to uh you know pound the dribble. Yeah, that that's what I meant, Chris Paul wise. They obviously aren't the same kind of player, but both of them are gonna, you know, he's gonna orchestrate, not like get off it and I mean he can get off it, but when mm -hmm. you said when he is running the show with the ball. That tends to be how he plays. And Ant is uh, not that he's incapable of passing, but when Ant has the ball, he's usually going to get a shot up. And I think that's what they've advised him he should do. <laughs> and uh, I think he's it's what they, it's what they that. need him to do. It's what they need him to yeah. do in those spots. And, you know, Jalen Brunson has had halves where he scored like almost 20 points. I think he had like an 18 or 17 point half. And he's also had halves where he didn't score at all. So he kind of has been reading the game and he's been doing a good job of it. Um, but, um, uh, you know, their, their, their weakness is going to be rebounding and they're going to run into a team. Or, you know, one of the things they could end up seeing Lithuania um, in the second round. The Sabonis playing? On, Sabonis is not playing, but Jonas Valanciunas is. I knew, I knew and, JV was. I didn't know if they hey, both were. One thing Valanciunas can do is eat glass and i'm yes. sure he's gotten a lot of rebounds over jaron jackson jr during practices well and, and draw and drawing fouls too like he gets to the line like you know that's that's certainly you know we've talked about it with this team jaron's foul trouble is going to be if they get in trouble in the knockout round in particular it's probably going to be in a game where jaron plays 18 minutes because he's in foul trouble the whole game and they got to figure out how to get through the rest of the game when they're already going to be light in the pants rebounding wise. And, you know, we've seen Walker Kessler get a couple cameos here and there, but, you know, we'll see if he ends up having to play a bunch of minutes in a game like that. Yeah, there was a mildly comical um, in interaction today where there was a Lithuanian journalist who said, um, Coach Kerr, um, you're probably going to win a bunch of games here, and uh, Lithuania is probably going to win a bunch of games, and you're probably going to play each other in the second round. What do you think of them? <laughs> and, <laughs> and Kerr kind of just swallowed a smile, was like, our focus is on New Zealand. <laughs> on on the, to the Lithuanian New Zealand. Guy, the, Lithu the Lithuanian guy had, um, had uh, Litvia and the U.S. And the US Canceled right in, uh, uh, like twelve days from now. I, so, I wonder um, how many Lithuanians will make the trip to uh, the Philippines oh. because because I saw I I did see them in Cologne and aside from Germany, there are more Lithuanians there I think than anybody else. And man, those people are intense. 
and love their best. But there was a whole lot of tie dye, a whole lot of drums, a whole lot of booze. Yeah, there'll be there'll be more Lithuanians there than Americans. I feel pretty confident in saying. Well, there's service, uh, there's service men here, service men and women here. So I don't know how many of them will get tickets to the game, but um, it's a long way from Lithuania to Manila. I'm going to tell you that. Yeah, right. uh, and I but, and I bet there'll be more there'll be more Lithuanians there than Americans. Would be my uh, bet. That 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 could be true. Um, they are, as McMahon said, they are. They might be as basketball obsessed as the Philippines, and they are intense. Yeah. Yeah. The last time I was at a Lithuania game, there was multiple fans who brought drums in. I'm not sure if uh, if FIBA is allowing that, but um, if they do, it'll be it'll be a good scene. So, um, yeah, it starts on Friday. It uh, runs for 16 days. It's um, you know just set up like the like the FIFA World Cup. You gotta you know play three games. Uh, the top two teams from the uh, each four advance to the second round, and then um, eight teams eventually advance out of the second round and you play, um, you know, round of eight fi- uh, final four finals. Um, you lose any of those, you know, you you're out the medal. So not everybody um, makes it to the Philippines. That's true. Um, so my, my, my whole thing about how SGA might be the best player to make it to the Philippines stands. Some people think SGA might be the best player in the tournament. You know, we'll see how a Luca play. might be. I we haven't talked to that. Well, we haven't talked about the Canadians at all. We probably should talk about them for a second. I mean, it's a huge tournament for them. I mean, they've got a chance to, you know, they've really got a chance to medal. You know, arguably could give the U.S. a game if it gets that far. They got they're on as you mentioned, they're on the difficult side of the bracket with Australia and France and all most of the other contenders outside of the U.S. But you know, it's a really big tournament for them to see if they can make a run and you know, set themselves up to get in the Olympics next year in Paris when they could have Jamal Murray, they could have Andrew Wiggins, who both aren't playing. Like, Canadians are really coming up, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a chance for them to to make some noise in a way they haven't a generation since Steve Nash was playing. Yeah, so Canada is playing in Indonesia, in Jakarta, Indonesia. They, like I said, they open with France. They also have Latvia and, Latvia and Lebanon in their group. Uh, Latvia was looking like a m- more uh, menacing um opponent when that was a potentially yeah that was a potentially dangerous game i think they went undefeated or 11 and one or something in qualifying and obviously if porzingis is there basically would have been if they lose to france you lose that game you're done so a lot of a lot of oklahoma city firepower there you got sga lou dort davis bertans your buddy dylan brooks will be there and dylan i was watching some uh some footage uh, of an interview that dylan um, gave uh, before or when he got to Manila or something. And he was like, well, uh, if you're on my team, you love me. And if you're not on my team, you hate me. Well, so, and, and, uh, and we've already seen some Memphis-like stuff with them during these run-up games where he has shot the ball god-awful and they've lost games sort of as a result. So I'm just, I'm just glad he's back talking to the media again. Well, you're not there. So he's very happy to talk to the media when also, you're not they, there. Also, they haven't lost to the Lakers. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the, other, so to get from Jakarta to, um, to Manila for the round of eight. Um, so Spain is also in Jakarta on with Brazil and that other side of the group. So of Spain who's the defending world champion, um, you know, either America or Spain has won every world cup, uh, since 2002, mm-hmm. um, and Spain uh Spain, France, and Canada, one of those three teams is not making the round of eight the way the bracket is drawn. And even if you do make the round of eight, you then have to fly three hours, relocate everything, and 24 hours later wow. then play. So it's real um not advantageous. And then the other island in the Pacific Rim where they're playing, like I mentioned, is Okinawa. And over there, you have Germany, who looked formidable mm-hmm. against the U.S. Um, uh, obviously, Dennis Schroeder is, you know, he's a yeah, handful. That's one, of the, that's one of the deeper NBA rosters in the tournament, right, in terms of players? Who's that? Yeah, Daniel Tice. Tice, Tice uh, the Wagners, and Schroeder, at least, right? Is there anybody else? Well, there would have been Maxi Kleba, but Dennis Schroeder basically said, get him the hell out of here. He didn't play in Eurobasket. <laughs> And Maxie said, screw you, I'm out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, they could have used them. My German's not that good. 
but but still just uh, even those four guys i mean that's a that's a pretty damn good fiba team right yeah. there now spain and is they- down spain did win Eurobasket, but uh obviously rubio's been a you know been their leader for years and years he's not playing because he's dealing with some uh you know mental health issues and then lorenzo brown i believe is his name is that correct wendy yeah nc That's state right, guard yeah. got yeah. injured not playing right and he's a euro league star who um has been a huge part of spain's team so i yeah they're they're, they're down but those Hernan Gomez's baby. There's there. Santi Aldama too. Santi Aldama. Santi Aldama. Yes, he he played really well against the U.S. Uh, when they had the uh, exhibition game two weeks ago. But anyway, so in Okinawa, Germany and Australia are in the same group with Finland, which has uh, Lowry Markkinen, and you know I don't expect them to advance, but Lowry can score thirty eight points and for sure, you know, lead an upset. Um, so all you gotta do is be, all you gotta do group. is win one game in, in in these three. You know, you play three games, you get one. You have one bad performance in one of these groups of two or three competitive teams. All of a sudden, you're in deep trouble. Right, and then you on the other side there in Okinawa, Slovenia is in you know in a in a manageable group with Georgia, Venezuela, and uh, Cape uh, Verde. Um, I don't know much about manageable. Those teams. Manageable is one way to put that. I think. Yeah, <laughs> but the point is, is that one of Slovenia who finished fourth in the uh, 2021 Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, Slovenia, Australia, and Germany, one of them isn't going to make it to Manila. I, that, that's going to be a really tough, tough go for Slovenia. Obviously, Luka's capable. Yeah, I was going to say, Slovenia, I'm picking third out of that group. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Yeah, so and again, if, even if you do advance out of that, then you have to pack everything up and fly three hours to get down to Manila. And I, I don't, I don't know, but my guess is that these teams are flying commercial. I don't know. Unless, unless Lucas, I I would say that's a a safe guess. Yeah. um, I don't know. Maybe there's, I don't know if there's a commercial flight from Okinawa. Um, I literally am staying next to the airport and I don't, I haven't seen too many Japanese airlines. So Um, anyway, uh, so that's just a, Keeping an eye out. You've been scouting the airplanes. Yeah, literally, I'm overlooking the runway. I, and when I'm sitting here, I'm watching the planes land. I, you know, I'm not. I don't know every schedule going in and out of Manila, but I. Uh, anyway, the point is, I they have to travel, um, which is a which is a disadvantage because even the other um, Manila, uh, you know, there's a there's another you know, eight teams that are playing just across Manila. Those teams who advance, and then over there. That's where you have the Philippines and the Dominican Republic and Italy in one. And then in the other group over there, you have China, Serbia, South Sudan, and Puerto Rico. And the U.S. advances to play that group. So, you know, of the teams that the U.S. could face before the semifinals, you know, you're talking about Lithuania, Italy, Dominican, Serbia, who doesn't have Jokic? Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic is the top player on Serbia. So, what is um, the uh, what's the likelihood of a China versus France game happening? Kyle I would say Anderson. extremely unlikely. <laughs> Kyle Anderson versus Rudy Gobert would be a fun one. That would have been fun. Yeah, that would have been fun. Yeah, uh, China is going to have their work cut out for them uh, to get out of their group, um, but it could happen. Our uh, our colleagues at Tencent are all here in Manila uh, with the Chinese hoping that they advance. So, all right, we'll be talking about it more. Like I said, it's all, you can also watch all these games on ESPN plus. I mean, if you are really a basketball aficionado and to be this deep in this podcast, you'd have to be, um, I would, uh, see if you could, even if it's on delay, watch France versus Canada, um, on Friday. Uh, that's what I will be doing. We'll um, be breaking it down on Sunday. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I would have made uh, you it know to see uh to see the Dominican public versus Philippines live, but you know, we're we're not all men of the people yeah. here. We are not. We are not uh, all men of well, the a people. Few other, that is certainly a true. A few other a few you know, you're my friends, didn't you hear? That's what they said. Uh well, a couple other uh housekeeping items. Uh Angola and Italy are playing also at um Philippine Arena, the big stadium, before the main event. So I did I think I just said that Dominican and Philippines were the only one playing there. And the other thing was uh Zayed Abbas is the 39-year-old for Jordan. I couldn't remember his name. Um, 
who uh, very unceremoniously shaved the head of their youngest player. Uh, just pulled him aside on the court today, and he had a beautiful head of hair, and they just shaved his head. Uh, and I don't think he knew it was coming. If he knew it was coming, he didn't look like he knew it was coming. So very brutal hazing done there. Um, hope it doesn't affect the psyche going into I remember into when Wendy used to have a buzz cut back, back when he was. Back when he was. Man of the people. Celebrity. Yeah. Those were great days. Those were great days. Uh, all right. Thank you for listening to the Collective Podcast. Thank you, McMahon. Thank you, Bontemps. Thank you to Jackson, our producer, who's most looking forward to um, the New Zealanders doing the, what was called the hookah dance. Oh, goodness uh, sakes, Wendy. The haka. The haka. man. Heavens. Yes. Oh, and I've man. been to New Zealand, too. Come on, man. I am I'm very Jackson, cut that out. No, don't. <laughs> Definitely don't. And there's a there's a high school football powerhouse in suburban Dallas that that does the haka, a team that uh, they've they've got a ton of of Tongans, they they do the haka before every game. By the way, Stephen Adams is of Tongan descent. There's your last little uh, little note for the podcast. All right, thank you. We'll see you in the Hoop Collective. Adios, amigos. Mm-hmm.